Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Here we go for a very special edition of the Grey Wolf Podcast. It is Ned, joined by John. John, how are you? A little nervous, man, but very excited. It's going to be a good morning in the Grey Wolf studio. It definitely is because Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, is on the phone. How are you, Kevin? I am absolutely fantastic, gentlemen. Great to be here. Uh, great to be chatting with you. This is a treat for me. So welcome to you. Hello, everybody. Hey, that is what is up. Hey, Kevin, real quickly, are you a fan of Wayne's World? <laughs> are you kidding me? It hit my super geeky spot when I, at that I was like from Bohemian Rhapsody to Schwing to the uh, <laughs> name. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the reason we ask is because <laughs> we're, we're not, not worthy. worthy. We're, we're not, not worthy. worthy. <laughs> 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 You're too kind, gentlemen. Too kind. Thank you. Nah, <laughs> I totally get the joke. I, I totally get it and, and appreciate it. Oh, no. This is a massive moment for us. So I've been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan since the late 80s as a kid. And my mum said to tell you, I must have watched the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie 26 times. I said, 26? Is that all? You're kidding me. And she may be a little bit upset, though, because I was apparently brainwashed as a child. And <laughs> now I get to talk to you all about it. Oh, dude. You know, it's funny because you bring back a memory that I love so much when we, because, you know, Courtney and I do a, a lot of conventions each year. In fact, we're thrilled to be coming down your way in the next month or so. But all too often, I get a fan that will bring up a, a dog-eared, chewed up, I call it well-loved, a completely beaten up <laughs> VHS copy of the first Turtle movie. And they'll come up and it'll be a person to be like, I watched it so many times when I was a kid that it actually wore it out. And this is all I have for you to sign. And I just can't thank them enough because it's such a huge compliment. Not only they watched it when they were that young, but they kept it all these years as a memento for something that was really special to them. So that really makes my heart just super happy. It's, wow. it's, it's pretty much fantastic. That's so, so amazing. But yeah. Yeah, that is awesome right there. And I was going to ask Kevin, just quickly on the topic of parents and growing up around the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and whatnot, do you ever come across any disgruntled parents that are upset at you for brainwashing their children? Because for a good portion of my childhood and possibly still <laughs> in my still 30s is. now, I did think I was Raphael. Oh, dude, you just hit the nail on the head. And for example, last year was like the 35th anniversary of the Turtles, and we did a lot of extra, you know, shows, and it was just, just such a wonderful celebration and all that. But I always would bring up at some of my speaking engagements or whatever, I say, it's very different now at conventions than it was then, because back then it was usually a, a young person wanting an autograph and a parent, a very disgruntled-looking parent, <laughs> standing behind them, and you could read their mind, and you could just say, you hear them saying to themselves, to me, like, do you know how much money I spent buying those stupid Ninja <laughs> Turtles toys, how many Christmases I spent putting together the stupid Technodrome or that sewer placement or stepped on Leonardo's sword on the way to the restroom. <laughs> yeah, so it's, but now it's, it's come full circle and that's all too often it's a wonderful family that, you know, the original fans are now, you know, late 20s, early 30s and oftentimes they'll have a couple children that uh, are also kind of into the Turtles. So it's, it's a whole family event and that's such a gift, such a humbling experience. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's probably touching on it exactly right, Kevin. I mean, anyone who was born in the 80s, Ned, or early 90s, He's grew up on the Ninja Turtles. We were both the same. And to touch on that sort of feel-good story, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Ned and I were talking about how yourself and Peter Led just wanted to pay your rent from writing comics, and next minute you're buying a tank. I mean, we've got to ask a few questions here, but you know, from humble beginnings, that must make you feel pretty good. Yes. No, no, it was. It really was, especially if you watched the toys that made us. They took a, a number of liberties. Buying the tank was one of the greatest things <laughs> out of that whole thing. Being the rock star extravagant kind of thing. But, you know, for Peter and I, it really was quite simple and, and 
and humble in that we both grew up, and this was kind of the thing that bonded us together. We were both mutually huge fans of Jack Kirby, who created slash co-created most of the Marvel Universe. We all know and love from Marvel and so many other amazing things for DC Comics and things like that. But we were such huge Jack Kirby fans, and both of us had the same experience when we would proudly announce to our parents that we're going to be cartoonists like Jack Kirby when we grow up. They would give us this mortified, horrified look of like, oh my goodness, we're going to have one of those kids that never moves out of the basement. Um, <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, you know, you need to pay attention to your studies. You need to get a real job. You need a real skill that can provide for a family instead of living in your uh, these fantasies and these dreams. But man, I'll tell you that we, there was that passion that brought us to self-publishing and it was you fans that brought it to the success that it is. So we were, we're doubly blessed. And the joke was on your parents when you were cruising around yeah. in a tank. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was say pick up the kids yeah. in the tank on the way over in soccer <laughs> practice. But is that the craziest thing that you bought, Kevin, if you remember back to those days? I do. And, you know, actually, to be honest, look, in all honesty, dollars to donuts, the tank cost me $35,000. You could buy a tank back in the 90s for $30,000. It was about as much as a new car. But the thing <laughs> Makes that sense. I bought, <laughs> but the thing that I bought that I really loved that they didn't mention, which was the coolest thing ever, was I bought the Batmobile. Whoa. Whoa. Michael Keaton, you know, from the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton yeah. Batman movie, the first one. I bought that at auction. I put a lot of money into a comic book museum to celebrate the art of comic books. And that was really overlooked in my opinion comics books as an art form was very has been overlooked for for a long long time not so much these days of course but i bought the batmobile and we had it on display at this words and pictures comic art museum that we had but i used to drive it (laughs) 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 i've actually driven the batmobile around uh, northampton massachusetts many many years ago before i sold it to another museum that other fans could enjoy it but a tank is cool but the batmobile (laughs) dude come on it's the batmobile the original one how do you even pick your daily driver just whichever keys you grab, I'll take the tank, honey. You take the Batmobile. <laughs> well, I felt bad. It's like I figured if I was in the Batmobile, I had to wear the costume, so it just took much longer to get ready, you know, <laughs> to dress, to go down to the... I'm, I, I'm kidding, of course. But it was like, usually that was always the bad idea about two in the morning after too many beers when you think like, hey, maybe I'll just put on the Batman costume, get in the Batmobile, and go down... Buy another six pack of beer and a, and a pack of smokes, and then the realization would step, and I'd probably get arrested. And you know, the you know headline: you know, teenage mutant ninja turtle creator gets, gets thrown in jail wearing a Batman. Anyway, it would make for go. a great news headline, yeah. though. All right, Kevin. Well, let's switch things up to the direction that the Turtles is going in today. I wanted to know: are you were a fan of the new series, The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, I, what I love about the rise of the Teenage Mutant Turtles is that they really wanted to go back to a period in the Turtles' history that was really unexplored or not really tapped into, which was the pre-Teenage Mutant Turtles, the Turtles before they, you know, became teenagers. So with the rise of the Turtles, they really wanted to go back to the basics of a, an animated style that was much like the original 1980s, early 90s cartoon series. They wanted to change up even some of the personalities a little bit, but still try to keep it within the same Turtles' wheelhouse of same heart and soul and intent and that kind of stuff and make it a little bit more zanier and funnier because, you know, if you remember from the Turtles black and white comic books, we really didn't have them eating pizza or saying cowabunga or doing other (laughs) things like that. That was something more that came into play during the cartoon series, so but uh, no, so I think they're having a lot of fun with it. But I have to tell you that the 2012 series was one of my favorites as far as a reimagining of the Turtles universe, which was the CGI series. I thought it was quite clever and quite gritty. And I think it really worked well for both the original fans of the Turtles, original black and white comic books, but also the original cartoons. So I think they really brought an element, a couple elements of both into play quite lovely. So uh, 
but I liked it. Though. I guess, Kevin, the, the key thing is there that it's really appealing to a new generation because obviously the original animated series came out in 1987 and, yeah, that was sort of Ned and my generation and, yeah, there's been a few different reiterations of the Turtles and I guess it just keeps appealing to a new generation, doesn't it? Now it's sort of Ned's kids and then, you know, his kids' kids and it just keeps it exciting and just keeps appealing to a different generation. You know, that's a great point. That's what's been so fascinating about the Turtles and one, what we experienced with it is we look at, say, Batman, for example. It's like my early experience with Batman was the TV series and which was a very silly, very zany, very kid-centric version of Batman. But then when I discovered, you know, because I was very young at the time, that game was like the mid-66, 67, 68. So I was probably, you know, five, six, seven years old. But then later I discovered the Batman comics and that was a whole different kind of Batman, the Neil Adams period and Dick Giordano and that stuff. And then you get into the Frank Miller. So it's great that a character like that can have so many different kinds of universes that they live in. And the Turtles have been had the same good fortune as that we had the, you know, the early nine, you know, my favorite of all time. To me, the perfect version of the Turtles is the original 1990 movie with uh, Steve Barron directing and Jim Henson's costumes and stuff. Because that mixed up both the edginess of the black and white original series with the cartoon kid-friendly comedy of the cartoon series. But was really just a wonderful blend of both of those in one thing. So it's great that we have those different kind of universes for all ages. But you know, people ask me these days, the next generation of Turtles, what would you like to see? And I would love to see a Daredevil, you know, the Netflix Daredevil sort of <laughs> interpretation of the Turtles to me oh, would be yeah. the most awesome ever. Yeah. Could you imagine that? That would be fantastic. Yeah, I just started imagining it right then. Yeah. and just sort of got lost in my thoughts a little bit then. I would absolutely <laughs> love that right there. And you mentioned the 1990 movie in there. That to me as well was the peak but I, I was happy with the the sequel and the third one as well the back in time which was cool but what do you think about the new michael bay sort of turtles are, are you a fan of those movies well the difficulty i had with those and they brought me in to discuss sort of what i thought and they really wanted to try something new and i one of my thoughts was initially was i said you know one of the things you have to be careful of and i understand that you want to say try something a bit more edgy and something hasn't been done before in the turtle universe but i said look at what's being done in the marvel universe what they did with iron man what they did with captain america what they did with thor is that they really dug deep into what made those characters and what made those fans love those characters and I said, if you drift too far away from what the original source material is, you're going to have the pushback from the fans that, that grew up loving it. And I think that what I had difficulty with, and I told them I had difficulty with, it was like, I think having turtles that are six, seven, eight feet tall and bulletproof, it takes away from the innocence and the purity of our Sarah Connor aspect or our Ripley aspect, which is the every man, the every woman, the every person that wants to rise to the unimaginable, unobtainable role of becoming a hero. If you're already this monstrous creature, you sort of take away that, you take it away from the, your basic average fan, your basic average person that loves that opportunity. So I, I felt that they took a few missteps, but I still love the fact that we get to see Casey Jones, we get to see Bebop and Rocksteady on the big screen, we get to see, you know, Krang, we get to see so many things that they got to do within those movies, but I just felt that they maybe uh, tuned in a little bit more to the original concept. I think they it might have been more successful with fans, because the fans weren't completely happy with that series either. Yeah, so. it's a, yeah that's a very good way to look at it, Interesting actually. point, isn't it? Because even you look at a few movies that have come out recently, like Joker's a really good example, like these R-rated, they're dark, they're really gritty you know they're down to earth kind of thing I mean it's sort of you don't sort of want to lose the touch of you know like the turtles and these sorts of movies if you're going to appeal to a new generation but it's 
an interesting spin on it anyway. I'm now picturing like an R-rated Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles series. It'd be, it'd be different, but I guess it's a different audience these days. Well, the thing is that we have the best of both worlds. Deadpool, for example, uh, the Deadpool movie, which my buddy Tim Miller directed, which was the perfect Deadpool movie because that fit that character. When they did Old Man Logan or Logan, that was perfect. That suited that character. But there's been, you know, other movies, but it's just staying sort of true to what the essence of the characters were that, you know, you don't have to be overly bloody or overly violent to make it work. But my pitch to Nickelodeon and Paramount in the past has been, look, a lot of the fans that grew up on the Turtles when they were five, six, seven, eight years old, they're now, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And I think, you know, the video games are edg edgier, the audience is edgier. We're used to more edgy material. I said, you have a fan base that would like to see maybe a more grown up version. Not that I want Turtles running around lopping people's heads off, <laughs> you know, visit, you know, dissecting them. But it's like having a story that has um, the ability to do dramatic moments that are meaningful to the story and that have an intensity that we have as adults and what we like in our movies growing up. But uh, we'll see. But I still, you know, when I sit down, I want to watch something really funny with the Turtles. I'll watch the original 1980 series and those are just so silly and fun and just a, I get a big kick out of them for the first Turtle movie. So Yeah, most definitely. I couldn't agree with you more there and just also sort of picturing Raphael after a hard night fighting the foot going back to a bar in that R.A. <laughs> yeah. <movie. laughs> Yeah. Checking out the female turtles. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Well, I was thinking of it. Kevin, these days you, you're writing comic books and whatnot. You've just gone 100 editions with the Turtles comic. Is that right? Yes. And I have to first and always foremost deflect to the incredible Tom Wallace, who is the head writer on that series. He's one of those guys that uh, grew up loving the Turtles. We all contributed to the plot, the concept, the things of what we wanted to see it. But he basically wrote all those stories for 100 issues. And he's just, he's my brother and he's my, you know, I'm his biggest fan. But we did 100 issues and it's been, we started in 2011, so it's been an incredible, you know, nine year ride to get to this point. Now we're working on a new version. Uh, Tom and I are adapting a story that Peter and I wrote back in 1987 called The Last Ronin, which is going to kind of be a real heavy, dark night sort of spirited concept of a large uh, five-issue series. But holy smokes, I can't believe we did 100 issues. What? That's amazing, man. Yeah, Jeez. and it sounds like that Last Ronin will be something to look out for as yeah. well. But also, I love the idea of the Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. I thought that was pretty cool right there. Who else would you like to see the Turtles battle Kevin. Oh, man, that's tough because we did, you know, most recently besides the Turtles-Batman crossover that we did with DC yeah, yeah, um, cool. over the last couple of years, which that was so much fun to do. And, of course, you know, my bucket list project would be a Turtles-Daredevil crossover. <laughs> um, <laughs> That'd be cool. Probably never, which would probably never happen. But it's one of those that I think that it's hard because it's sort of, you know, you want to enter into another character's universe but you don't want to take away some of that magic from that universe, which was so great about what James Tinian did when he wrote the Turtles Batman crossover. But I really go back to one of the big sparks that I had in Jack Kirby at the start of our conversation is when I was seven, eight years old, I was reading a Jack Kirby DC comic book called Commandy, which was the last boy on earth, which is based on a Planet of the Apes style concept where the humans were reduced to an animal sort of race of people. And thus Planet of the Apes, it was like the apes and the tigers and all the animals ruled the universe. And to me, I felt like what a great crossover is that I'm sure was had a lot to do with my inspiration for the turtles as mutations but what a great crossover if the turtles actually made that bridge and went into the world of commandy for a period of time because you know animals ruled the earth in those days and it's this whole post-apocalyptic setting and stuff so that would be you 
know, Daredevil and Commandy Turtle crossover would be, be, be sort of on the tip top of one of my favorites to see happen. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic right there. And yeah, hats off to whoever was behind that Batman Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles crossover. I think I've watched that like 10 times. <laughs> fantastic right there. Absolutely loved it. But I want to talk figures with you real quick here, Kevin. The neck of figures are awesome. And I've got a Raphael one, which is living in a cabinet, a glass cabinet in my bedroom at the moment. The wife isn't too <laughs> impressed with it. She describes it as a giant coffin in the bedroom. Any suggestions from you, <laughs> you know, to make her come around a little bit, to be okay with this? Oh, man. I'm thinking immediately of all kinds of forms of bribery, um, <laughs> you know, from... <laughs> Depending on the kind of girl, you know, is it shoes? Is it a dress? Is it no, but I think, uh, but I think if she loves you for you, then she's gonna she's gonna take all of you, and, and that includes, you know, yes, it includes a, a diorama or a display or a mini mini man cave of NECA Ninja Turtles in your yes. uh, in your boudoir. So it's, it's all right, Ned. There's a spare room at my house, so just bring, bring it all over to my house instead. But I tell you, dude, it's like I love that you love it. To me, the NECA Turtle toys were the perfect Ninja Turtle toys. They oh, were based yeah. on the original cartoon series. I adore those. I, I think they were perfect. That's great. Yeah, 12 that's, out of 10. Good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. But Kevin, we hear that your collection is over 7,000 strong. Is that right? Oh my goodness. Um, I have so much. I I love and adore and it's like if you, if you know, if any turtle fan came sort of through our house or I have a, a, an office space down at the IDW comic headquarters down in Liberty Station in San Diego and my studio down there is like literally floor to ceiling, wall to wall toys. Not only Turtle toys, my favorite turtle toys, my favorite Todd McFarlane toys, my favorite, you know, I just, I feel like those things are my source material, my mojo, my sort of, you know, that's that's all bits and pieces that sort of remind me of my childhood and why I'm here and how much, why I love this so much. So, uh, as it looks like an episode of Pawn Stars, you know, uh, eBay, eBay exploded in my living room. There's toys and comics and stuff everywhere. I adore the material. That's I love awesome. it. Yeah. And out of all of those pieces, do you have one that's your most prized? Well, it's tough because it's, you know, it's like if it's talking sort of favorites as childhood, it's one of those full-on, serious, heavy metal Captain America shield. Yeah. I've got Daredevil toys in the series signed by Charlie Cox, which was a, a thrill and a treat for me to an original signed page from Jack Kirby or going back to turtle toys. One of my favorite turtle toys was that android body with the crang in the middle, sort of in the little chest cavity there. Yeah. <laughs> it, was so we- it was so weird. I love that. But yeah, I, I mean, I still have the original Star Wars toys I bought in 1970. 78 when they first came out and old G.I. Joe toys that I had when I was a kid to, you know, you name it, I still have it. And each one of us precious in its own way. And, you know, I carry it with me, carry it forth. Oh, most definitely. I love that right there. And my brother-in-law on the topic of original Star Wars figures had them all in the unopened, good to go, and his dad threw them oh, out. no. True story, thinking they were junk, they are gone. Imagine how much money Sheesh. they would have been worth. <laughs> no, it's amazing, you know, that you, funny you brought that up because it's one that's horrifically tragic. And even, you know, over the years, actually, with Pete and I were um, just starting out with the Turtles, one of our favorite comic stores locally where we lived in Connecticut was called My Mother threw mine away <laughs> was the name of the, this guy had a massive comic book collection his mother threw him away and so he opened up a comic book store 
selling nothing but comics and toys to sort of get back at her, so to speak. But oh, uh, I like that. no, I, I do. I do love the rare, the odd item of people bringing up at shows these days. It's just such a you know, like um, I've had people bring turtle toys up from the UK. I'm not sure. Actually, this is a good question for you guys. Is when we first came out in the in the United Kingdom, they used to call the turtles teenage mutant hero turtles. Mm. There were they Ninja Turtles in Australia? Were they always Ninja yeah. Turtles that I know of? Yep. But I did hear of the I've Hero of Turtles. Yeah. yeah. No, because it's like you know, in in France, it's like it's like Tortuga Ninja, and then there's Tortugas Ninja in Spanish country. So I was just wondering what the what the terminology. But I love seeing the older stuff, the classic stuff, because that brings me to back to some super fond memories from those days. And when you see a turtle toy from the '80s, the late '80s, early '90s, that's still in a package, like you described the Star Wars toys, it's like holy smokes, that's unimaginable practically. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And wow, we give he's actually also Kevin. We give our Kevin a lot of a hard time about that stuff. Wars thing saying, well, you basically just threw away his retirement there. But <laughs> switching things up, Kevin, you mentioned earlier that you're heading out to Australia, which we are all sorts of excited for. When's that happening and, and where can people check you out here? I know it's the first two weekends in March. We're flying out, I think, on the 3rd of March here from San Diego. and But yeah, it's Supernova, and I believe it's Melbourne is the first weekend, and Gold Coast is the second weekend, but forgive me if I don't know. We, my wife runs the schedule, and she's basically the boss. I stay in our relationship. I'm the beauty, and she's the brain. <laughs> Does she agree with that? No, because if you met her, you'd say, what's wrong with me? I'm probably drunk. No, the <laughs> She basically works and arranges all the schedules. But I know it's the first two weekends in March. We're heading here, down your way and really excited. We hadn't been there in, in a couple of years. So it is the Supernova website. will probably give you all the specific. Or you can go to KevinEastmanStudios.com. We have all the latest and the greatest information of where we're at and what we're doing and what crazy antics we're up to um, um, there if you want to check that out too. So Yeah. And on the topic of that website there, Kevin, can you let us know about the Team Eastman fan club? I was looking at some of the perks and stuff of this. I think we're going to have to jump on oh, yeah. board. This is a great way your fans can sort of engage with you. And, and can you just let us know more how you can get amongst that for people listening? Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for asking. It's like basically we created the website for a number of opportunities, and that's to mainly I just had tons and tons of photographs and archives and stuff that had never really been seen and stuff that you could never really put out in a book form or something that fans could obtain. So we we have this huge archive of never before seen artwork, images, sketches, behind the scenes stuff, and a lot of it's free. But if you want to join the fan club, it's fifty dollars a year, and you get not only a ten percent discount on every single every single thing that we sell on the website. But you get to go to a whole nother level where years ago I collected every single licensed item, every toy, every T-shirt, every pajamas, everything like that. And there's pictures of those, there's anecdotes, there's a lot of history stuff. So you just get tons and tons of stuff for free. You see stuff free anyway, but if you want to spend 50 bucks a year, you get a 10% discount. Plus you get to see a lot more stuff. But that's kind of our home base for all of our fans. And it just says where we're at, where we're going, opportunities or little bits of anecdote of what what's happening in my crazy zany world of creations and, and turtledom and, and stuff. KevinEastmanStudios.com and it's pretty much all there. Yeah, oh, you, awesome. you definitely need to check it out. There's yeah, some great yeah, stuff on there. Out, the, the sign figures and stuff we're looking at now look absolutely amazing. The Team Eastman 20 Tour, tour t-shirt looks good as well, throwing back to that original movie. And Kevin, we are running out of time, but you do have Astronomicon coming up as well for our buddies twisted what are you expecting from that one 
Oh, it's, you know, look, any convention to me is a great opportunity, especially a place that we've never been. And my wife does an amazing job. Not only, you know, we get a lot of invitations every year, and she really tries to work with the promoters to try to put us in as many different venues, you know, and it's, to us, it's more, the smaller ones are even more intimate. I have as much fun as I, as the small ones, because the small ones, I can actually spend more time. I can be goofy. I can engage with the fans more. But we try to go places we've never been. Don't expect fans to have to travel to New York City to see people that they admire or San Diego Comic-Con and stuff. So we'd like to bring a little bit of turtle, a little bit of meat to your hometown. So Astronomicon is going to be fun. And like I said, we've got shows in Australia, of course, which is going to be a blast uh, coming up. We've, we're in South Africa this year. We're in Greece. Damn, we're wow. you know, pretty much all over, which is actually even more mind-blowing to me is that the, you know we have this wonderful fan base around the world, but we'll be pretty much all over the map and you can find that where we're going to be and when on KevinEastman.com as well. So. That's awesome, man. And uh, speaking of that large fan base, we may actually divide it with this question coming up and as we wrap things up here, but who is your favorite turtle if you had to pick one? Well, I like Rapatello or Donanato. Um, <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. Yeah, you know, it's funny. <laughs> no, I love that question because it really is. It's a tough question because, as you would imagine, you know, if they were your creation, I feel like you feel like they're all your kids, your children. So you feel like you want to love them all equally, and I feel like I do. But at the same time, people when they really push and they say, "Well, choose one," <laughs> and I'd say, "Well, Michelangelo was even before he was named Michelangelo, the turtle with the nunchuck strapped to his arms and a mask on." So Michelangelo was kind of the firstborn. So if I had to pick one, I would go with firstborn for no other reason than that was the firstborn by default but otherwise I love each and every one of them the personalities and the ability to tell stories with them and bring their personalities to bear in each story that we tell is just a huge treat yeah that's amazing right there and just thinking right now Kevin I guess you've never been asked that question before <laughs> yeah I reckon <laughs> 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 it's hard, you know. It's like you know when people go like, you know, who do you think would win in the battle? You know, Leonardo or Raphael, or, <laughs> or Hulk, or Captain America and Iron Man. Those are those are the tough ones because we all have our personal likes. And that, honestly, that's one of the things I always ask fans when I get the chance to meet them because you can tell a lot by their personality about their personality by who their favorite turtle is. I'm like, who's your favorite turtle? And you know, and that's cool. It's sort of it's neat. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. And it's funny that you brought up those who win in the battle things because I've got a list of. <laughs> backup questions here in case we run out of time who would in, win in a battle between Raphael and Wolverine and all this sort of stuff but thank you so much for taking some time out Kevin we really really appreciate it you have Astronomicon coming up this Saturday in Michigan for our American friends be sure to all of our Australian buddies to hit this man up at Supernova hit up Kevin Eastman at facebook.com slash kevin.b.eastman kevineastmanstudios.com for all of the, the great Kevin Eastman sign memorabilia and turtles toys and fun stuff right there on instagram.com slash kevin eastman tmnt thank you so much man really appreciate it an absolute pleasure talking to you guys i really uh, i love this stuff i had a great time with you thanks i appreciate it awesome man thank you Cowabunga. <laughs> yes <laughs> go on we got one <laughs> <laughs>